listening to Impact Insights, a communications podcast by the Impact Agency. Hello, everybody. I'm Nicole Webb. I'm the CEO of the Impact Agency. And with me is Impact General Manager, Frances Dwyer. Hi, Fry. Hello. I think I'm known as Lady Lockdown these days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, we're on Squadcast, um, obviously recording this remotely because we're into officially our seventh week of lockdown. Uh, I was going to say want... day 1522. No? <laughs> <laughs> you and I, we, we decided... Um, uh, a week earlier to send everybody home and work from home. We could kind of see the writing on the wall. Mm. So it's actually week eight for us, but this counts. <laughs> so your name on, on Squadcast is Lady Lockdown and mine is Miss Bored because <laughs> I'm so bloody bored. <laughs> this whole Groundhog Day thing is doing my head in. Mm-hmm. But, so, but anyway, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. I don't know about you, Fry, but um, working from home, I, we've talked about this before and we know how much Nicole hates it, but it's even worse because... David is working from home. So he's taken um, the office. So Kira can't do her dancing in the office where she used to do it. She's doing it above my bloody head. (laughs) So in addition to the dog barking at every bloody courier that goes past the front of the house, um, I've got dancing above my head. And I feel like I'm in a thoroughfare here sitting at the dining table. People come and go up the stairs, down the stairs, out the front door. It's it's so delightful. Mm. So having, having all the fun. You are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still shoved in a corner of my bedroom two weeks out from moving house during lockdown. So the rest of my house is boxes and stuff all over surfaces. And so I just try to hide away in this little corner of my bedroom and hope that no one comes in. But I can't promise anything, Leah. There will probably be one, if not two, invasions during the recording of this podcast. <laughs> I do love your outlook, though. You've got a lovely outlook out, out your bedroom window. Yeah, the afternoon oh, sun yeah. is uh, keeping a big smile on my face. This crazy warm weather in Sydney, I think, is uh, keeping us all a little bit happier than we have been a few weeks ago when we had wind and rain. So got to take wind every little good thing. <laughs> do, absolutely. Um, I know we're going to talk about something that everybody has been talking mm. about. We can't stop talking about vaccinations and Every single conversation I seem to have had with friends, with family, you know, obviously with work colleagues, it's about um, the COVID vaccine. So I thought what we would do today is just have a little bit of a chat about the campaigns that the federal government has launched to get us all vaccinated and and, and hopefully back mm. to normal. But the bar has been really set high overseas. You know, we've got in the US they've used Dolly Parton, in the UK, Elton John and Michael Caine, <laughs> and they used the Hof in Germany. Well, didn't he single-handedly bring down the wall in Berlin? <laughs> like, he's an icon. <laughs> um, but, and look, what have we got? We've got a woman that's in ICU who clearly is too young so to this receive. So this is our scare tactic campaign. So. Yep. This is the the image that probably a lot of people have seen and been quite distressed by, to be honest. It's distressing footage, but I think it was launched at a time when uh, under 40s across the nation and even within New South Wales where an outbreak had already, you know, the latest lockdown and outbreak had already commenced, were still not able to access any form of vaccine and the woman was very obviously under 40, if not maybe even under 30. 
Um, and it was also inaccurate. So uh, criticism came swift and fast from the medical community about lack of consultation, inaccuracy in terms of the way that the woman was struggling to breathe, how the ventilator slash oxygen was uh, attached to her, um, and with, you know, actual real-life deaths and um, challenges occurring across the country, why it was such a inaccurate, I guess, um, portrayal of the dangers of COVID being presented and possibly only adding weight to the conspiracy theorists of the country who claim that it's all a beat-up. Unfortunately, it kind of did look like a beat-up, maybe just to my cynical eyes. Um, but it also, to be honest, pissed me off, that ad, because as someone who's just shy of 40, I had been trying for months to find a way for me to be vaccinated, to understand when I should expect to be allowed to be vaccinated and kept getting knocked back and told that I wasn't in the prioritised groups or I wasn't old enough. And so to see someone who was visibly younger than me struggling in that just made me scared, anxious and really angry. Um, so, yeah, Fred, there's mm. two things I want to add to that is that um, when you use fear, you are normally using it to stop people from doing something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stop speeding, mm -hmm. uh, stop taking drugs, uh, use fear. The Grim Reaper ad, for example, and when AIDS was around in the um, late 80s, it was fear was used, the Grim Reaper was used to stop people having unprotected sex. Fear, mm. is this the right approach to get getting people to, to get a vaccination? We're not, we're not asking them to stop something, we're asking them to do something. Yeah, because I think um, in the work that we do with our behavioural consultant, Chris White, he talks about fear often causing, you know, that fight or flight or that retreat. So you're going to stop doing something or run away from something when you're... Um, scared of it but I think that they were trying they were trying to grab the fight part of our mentality when we're scared which is you know fight the disease therefore get vaccinated um, but the challenge with that is it's a very active choice and also perhaps didn't quite align with access so there's there's a double challenge there in terms of actually getting the action that you're asking of people in that. And, and, and us as, um, as PR marketers, um, comms consultants, we would never go to market with a campaign if there was no product available. It just doesn't doesn't seem seem right. We want people, you know, the call to action, go get a vaccine, but hang on a minute, you can't get a vaccine because there's not enough product. Well, I mean, we're not launching the latest iPhone and looking for a wait list and a line down George Street, are we? That's that's not what this no. campaign is about. So you make a really good point. Okay. It's pretty rare in, you know, marketing communications that you go really hard with big spend and um, big visibility on something that is a product you can't yet provide to your target market. Um, anticipation is important, but this is not something we want. There was no mechanism for sign up and yeah, you um, couldn't get on a wait list, could you? No, there wasn't. Anything. No, and 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 the the Australian website around vaccination when they launched it, um, you could fill out a series of questions that helped you to identify if you were part of the one A or one B or over forties priority. Um, individuals and then when you didn't qualify for all of those factors there was an option to opt in to being notified 
or contacted when the information changed or when there were updates. And I registered for those for both myself and my husband. And there was never any further contact. There wasn't even so much as an update across three months to say this is coming or we know you're still interested. So there was no engagement strategy, no nurture strategy. So if you're going to launch something, <laughs> launch a campaign before the product is available, you if you don't have it available and you're trying to build that excitement, you at least have a nurture strategy to go with it. There was no nurture strategy. So my concern with this um, campaign is that it didn't ultimately align with the ability for the audience to take action. That's the the first and most important criticism. And the second criticism I think that we both agree on is that fear often prompts retreat. It prompts uh, that, you know, fight or flight, um, which, which is a good thing to feel or do if you want to stop something versus actively seek something out. Because if I'm scared, I don't want to go out and try something new Whereas if I'm empowered or someone shows me what um, I gain from taking an action, I'm more likely in my, you know, deep system two brain (laughs) to uh, respond. I think we also weigh up um, what am I most fear of, COVID or the vaccine itself. You know, we had so much. Well, that's where we're at now, isn't it? Because it's a clear and present danger. (laughs) Yeah, it seems to have flipped a little bit. Look, and Mm -hmm. while we've had this scare, fear-mongering um, ad on our screens. We've also had um, the Arm Yourself campaign as well. So we've had two ads running at the mm-hmm. same time but and targeting effectively the same people because it's mainstream media that we're seeing it on. And it's all about um, lifting, you know, the, this is the campaign where people are lifting their sleeves and showing that they've got the vaccine or there's a Band-Aid there that they've obviously mm-hmm. gone, in, gone mm-hmm. in and had the um the vaccine that's affectionately been known in our industry as the Brady Bunch ad because it's lots of squares of images <laughs> that are shown on there. Um, I think BMF have put their hand up and said that they did this, but we um, suspect that it was a, an ad by committee that um, many, many, many... Yeah, to be honest, I, the pie, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we're making these sort of critiques and observations, these certainly, for me... And I, I would, I would, you know, speak on behalf of you as well here. These aren't critiques of our, you know, fellow market yeah. marketers, because we know that this was an impossible brief. Um, there would have been an absolute multitude of stakeholders with their paw prints all over every facet of this. And probably both of these campaigns started with a pretty strong idea, which was let's show them what COVID can really do. That's a good insight. That's a good gut consideration right is okay people are unsure they don't know what it looks like or feels like they don't know someone who's had it yet so it doesn't feel real to them let's show them how scary it can be to kind of you know shock them or get them thinking differently there's nothing wrong with that idea in its origin but in its execution not so great same with the arm yourself idea they've thought about there's been war type language utilized by our government in relation to covid so they've they've brought the army in to help with the rollout yeah yeah they started putting you know people in uniform into the press conferences at an at a federal and state level so we're seeing here a theme um i think the theme is supposed to assure us that we are being taken care of that you know all power and effort is 
being invested in making sure that we are protected and that we should do the same ourselves. So again, I think the origin idea is probably quite strong, but the execution and the tagline, um, it just feels a bit uh, rushed and it also feels disconnected from the other creative and execution. So I'm our colleague... Sorry, um, is really disconnected. Yeah, really? it's, it may as well be from a different country. Yeah. Like it doesn't even look anything like the other communications at all. So there's no, we talk about, um, you know, with, with a brand architecture for a um, corporate or consumer brand, there should be like a thread of common narrative or um, visual identity or um, look and feel no in the way no that you yeah, present. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but it but it isn't at all. They're completely different. Um, they have a different tone. They have a different look. They have different taglines. They have different creative. They're asking us to do different things. So one is scaring us and one is trying to empower us. And I, I, I'm just deeply confused, like an emotionally manipulated girlfriend, I don't know, in a new relationship. It's like, what is going on here? Does he love me or does he hate me? What does he need from me? Is he seeing his ex-girlfriend? I don't know. So I think that the other thing that our colleague pointed out to me early on that I hadn't, you know, ridiculously in my blinkered world, hadn't even considered the first time I cited it, was how that campaign translates into other languages which is such an important consideration when it comes to health messaging. Arm yourself, uh, arm doesn't that 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 phrase doesn't translate necessarily to have a double meaning um, in in other languages. So it literally could be like, you know, go to war or or or, or weaponize yourself, which is not the type of message that it doesn't make sense. So if we're really looking to be inclusive and empowering, we should have chosen language that w- could translate and, and be utilized by different community groups as well, because that's such an important part of our ability to all move forward. Oh, I agree. Um, I don't know if you saw Russell Holcroft on um, ABC's Q&A a couple of weeks ago. Um, he said that that graphic um, campaign with the woman in ICU um, had got some cut, some decent cut through. So it's clearly worked. Um, I just Russ, Russ loves the old all all coverage is good coverage though. Like he, he definitely comes he from does. that school of thought. And look, I, I look, he's he not does. wrong. Sometimes all noise can you know help, but I think in this situation when it doesn't line up with a people's ability to take action, that's where I would disagree. So I think controversial campaigns that annoy people or irritate people or get everyone talking around the virtual water cooler uh, can be really effective in that pester power or peer pressure to get something done. But, again, if it doesn't line up with people's ability to take action, it can actually just create frustration. I also know that Russ a few months ago um, also advocated for whatever the government was planning to spend. They need to double it. They need to triple it. They need to quadruple it. They just need to throw all their money. So his is like, let's go with the wall-to-wall strategy, just yell it at people until they get it done, Harvey Norman ad style, you know. So, I, And I appreciate that right now in a crisis, time is of the essence. But, again, if you don't have the follow-through, you're just going to annoy people. Look, as much as um, we laugh, um at Russell and um I mean he's a very very, very successful he knows what he's talking about <laughs> he's very smart man. 
He um, he actually suggested a campaign called Rudely Interrupted um, that shows that COVID keeps getting in the way of our our, our normal mm. life. And um, he suggested a tagline of live an uninterrupted life with the hashtag Vax Our Nation. Um, I, I quite like this. I'd like to see it come to life a little bit more, but um, it is interrupting yeah, our Yeah, and it's a clever connection. He's anchoring it to a lived experience that we can all relate to. And that that's really what's important, right, is how does it, it for most people, they need to understand how does this affect me and how is this a better choice than the choices I'm already making? So yeah, you know what, I, I'm going to go rogue here. I've decided what I want to see more of is Australian humour because around around the world, and we'll cover this in our part two, they've had very different approaches um, to encouraging people to uh, get vaccinated and, you know, follow lockdown requirements, et cetera. And, you know, it's, oh, if you haven't, if you haven't seen the Heineken beer mm. ad, uh, we'll put it in the, in the show yeah. notes, but uh, oh man, it's funny. It it's lovely. It's uplifting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, in the spirit of, of Australian humour, which is, you know, known throughout the world. And I think, you know, Batuta Advocate, for example, if it's not dripping in sarcasm, then it's not Australian. Wouldn't it be hilarious to have like the unselfish prick or something like that <laughs> that really is, you know, we love, I mean, we've just had Olympians swear on international television as part of their celebration and then go, whoops, because it's such a big part <laughs> of our vernacular that to be um you know, familiar and colloquial and to, you know, take the piss. So unfiltered. Yeah, humor break humor is the way we cope with everything through grief, through pain, um, through love, joy. through joy. Yeah. Humor seems to have a thread through everything. So I know it feels unnatural to think, oh, a one in a hundred year pandemic, people are dying, lives are being destroyed. Let's go with humor. But I actually think that it is a universally um utilised emotion in how we cope with crap <laughs> in our lives. They could have had a series of ads, right? Mm. They could have had um, one about the vaccine, mm. one about getting back to normal life. They could have had a series and had a, a connecting thought. One connecting those. thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's so bloody disjointed. <laughs> but it's confusing. It's full of mixed messages. Mm. You know, running two different campaigns at the same time is is just, um, I don't know, I, 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 it's, it's not strategic. Mm. It doesn't make sense at all. And it's not like we've had um, time to pull this together. Well, yeah. yeah, which which perhaps, you know, we could forgive the disjointedness or the tactical approach because of that, you know, speed to market importance. But I think right now that doesn't mean they can't build, pivot, improve, change. They don't have to stick and double down, double down on what they've already done. They can decide to move on. Um and do something else, I think, is is what's available. And we've already seen um, just recently in the last couple of 24 hours, 48 hours, we've seen our industry, you know, just take it off their own bats to do something really fantastic to positively contribute to conversations around vaccination and to help to dispel some of the myths, dispel, dispel some of the myths around um, AstraZeneca or AstraZucchini or the top shelf versus bottom shelf debate as many have called it because of all of the mixed messages around the different vaccines that have been available there seems to have been this um sense that there's a top shelf option in Pfizer 
and uh, that Astra doesn't offer the same. So there's a really fantastic initiative by the Vaccination, which is a collective of um, some of industry heavyweights and legends, including uh, friend of impact, Kieran Moore. And there's a series of creative that they've done, the A to Z of things more likely to kill you than the AZ. And see how this is Australian humour, like very dumb ways to die kind of essence to it. So it starts with A, aspirin, fact, chance of death by aspirin, one in 10,000. Fact, chance of death by the AZ jab, one in a million. So you're starting to, and it goes. Go to P. Go to P. P. Oh, P. Yeah. Is it going to be you're more. <laughs> No, it's not <laughs> I didn't get up to pee. <laughs> oh, it's pup. Chance of death by pups. Well, we love dogs and impact. So really, this is where the greater uh, danger is for us. Chance of death by pups, one in 132,614. Okay, so truffle is more likely to kill you than the AZ jab, Nicole. <laughs> yeah. well, I've, had, I've had my AZ jab. I'm just waiting my... Uh... Mandatory weeks to um, go and get my second jab. So, and I'm still alive. I'm still here. Yes, and I should. And we should say in all of this, we are 100% actively supporting and encouraging our friends, family, colleagues um, to get vaccinated. So, at Impact, we have um, said if anyone can, uh, has any questions, wants to see their GP, has the opportunity to get the jab, book it in. Don't don't delay. Don't worry about how it relates to your work day or your work week. If you're feeling, you know, good, bad or indifferent afterwards, we'll just roll with it. What's important is that we all contribute positively to our own health and the health of our community because that's the only real path out for our, not just our city, but our state, our nation and the rest of the world because we want to open up to the rest of the world eventually. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that A to Z thing that you were talking about, how our industry is getting behind um, just getting people to think mm. that AstraZeneca is okay to take. Um, uh, Alan Joyce, um, he's calling on businesses as well to do their bit to get everybody out to be vaccinated. So Qantas is offering a range of prizes and perks to encourage Australian citizens to receive their COVID vaccine. Um, Virgin Australia are about to announce some initiatives for Australians to get vaccinated in the coming weeks. I don't know if you've seen um, the Nine Network. Um, they are running a campaign called This Is Our Shot, mm. um, encouraging viewers to get the jab. You know, I don't know if you've seen Scotty Cam's on there, Hamish Blake, you know, Amy Shark, Andy Lee, Carl, mm. they're getting a jab, Richard Wilkinson, um, just urging Australians to come forward. So it's and I think I saw something with Woolworths. This yeah. Way, this way, this well, way. this is where we start to venture into that, um, you know, positive brand advocacy and activism that everybody has a role to play uh, in the same way that organisations, brands and leaders have advocated for climate action, have advocated for uh, better diversity and social inclusion, supported um, challenges and issues like Black Lives Matter. This is the same, right? It, the yes vote, this is another opportunity for leaders amongst our community and, and business uh, community to play a positive and contributing role to our path out and to, to progress, really. Um, and, you know, incentives is not a bad idea. Like if you, I think back to that, you know, how much are you going to spend on this? Yes, you need to get in front of everybody's eyeballs. But, you know, also Aussies love a little bit of a perk. Like 
There's free beer, free beer. The Americans and donut. And, you know, donuts for donuts was a whole theme in Melbourne last year and, and that celebration of end of lockdown. They, they could have kept continuing that theme. It would have been, um, you know, fun. I, I, I worked um, years ago, I worked for the Red Cross Blood Service, now Lifeblood, and, um, you know, we had incredible, amazing, dedicated volunteers donate blood and when you talk to lots of them, what was the one thing that most of them talked about or remembered? It was the milkshake afterwards <laughs> or the cookie, you know, like it's those little indicators of thanks and of reward that hark back to our childhood that I think we have missed the opportunity on or maybe a lotto, you know, or a punt, some kind of punt. People are taking a punt on whether they'll get a blood clot, but if you increase their chances of winning the lotto, you know, you might appeal to a gambler. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love? I, and and you, you've touched on it with um, with climate change, how um, business in Australia, and I'm, I'm sure it's like this across the globe, they step up when the government shores fall short. Mm-hmm. And and I'm really proud that um, I live in a country where that happens. Well, they're I mean, going to play. I'm, in not, I'm, not so proud of, I'm not so proud about the federal government. <laughs> but, you know, they've, they've fallen short. So, yeah. um Everybody else is taking up. Stepping up. And I think individuals are stepping up too. Like um, as more supply becomes available across the country, we've seen some incredible statistics in the last two weeks uh, as more age groups have been eligible, as more supply has become available. There is a huge upward trajectory in the take-up of the vaccine. So for all of the disappointing headlines and conversations that we see that are resistant to the vaccine, it looks like, by and large, you know, Australians are getting on board and, and want to get vaccinated. So we really hope that that trajectory continues, the supply increases and people keep getting supported in the ways they need so that they can get vaccinated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, unless you have anything else that you would like to share with um, our wonderful audience, I think we'll give call that a wrap. Yeah, and look forward to um, chatting more about uh, some of our Echo Partners' observations of what's been happening in their markets around the oh, world. I, did I? I think I forgot to say that at the beginning that this is a this oh. is a two part series podcast, <laughs> and uh, next podcast we'll be talking about what's going on in the rest of the world with our Echo Partners and what campaigns they've been seeing and how effective they've been. Um, initial feedback I've got so far is very similar to us. The governments are obviously running the campaigns and the uh, consumer or the uh, citizens are feeling a little bit let, uh, let down by by the efforts of their governments to get mm. citizens vaccinated as well. So it'd be an interesting conversation anyway. So I'm looking forward to that with you next time. You so um, I'm Nicole Webb, the CEO of the Impact Agency. You've been listening to our podcast, uh, The Impact Insights, with my general manager, Francis Dwyer. We wish you safe travels wherever you are and... um, From the lounge room to the kitchen. (laughs) From the lounge room to the kitchen. (laughs) And back again. (laughs) And back again. (laughs) Bye. Bye.